without further ado, I want to introduce to you a man who needs no introducing, a man whose reputation precedes him. His name is Dr. Samuel Huddleston. Now, now, to get on his, to get him on your calendar, to get him at your church, it takes about one to two years. There's a waiting list. I mean, churches are lined up. I got friends that are jealous of me. How do you get Dr. Huddleston at your church? And I just say, that's called divine favor, my friend. And uh, he comes to us every year. He comes to us every year and ministers to us. And so we are so grateful, so thankful to have Dr. Sam Huddleston and his wife, Pastor Linda Huddleston, with us this morning. Just give them a, give them a hand and welcome them. I told him first service, your pastor is, uh, has so much education and learning that I need to explain to you what he said. <laughs> You're going to have the finest, nicest smelling uh, outhouses in Oakland. <laughs> That's what you going to have, all right? <laughs> Thank you, Pastor. Pastor. And it's good to see your parents here this morning. And uh, it's good to see Ed and Becky. My collar popped up, didn't Oh, thank you. You're a good man. Thank you. And it's good to see, anyway, Ed and Becky Lassiter. And it's good to see all of you. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be here. This past Monday, we buried one of our brother-in-laws. And so I asked one of the other brother-in-laws that was there. I said, man, how you doing? He goes, well, I'm like the old guy that says it's better to be seen than viewed. And I said, well, in light of where we're at, that, that's pretty good. So I, I like being seen. One day I'll be viewed, but today it's good to be seen. And it's good to be here with, uh, with all of you. I want to say one thing about your upcoming mission trip. You know, the brother that was singing that incredible duet said he was nervous because I was here. I was nervous following a brother giving announcements, talking in tongues. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know whether I was supposed to interpret what you said or what, man. Such straight faith. But when I was passionate, we had a lady one time that uh, she was a single mom. And she, uh, she, she just wanted to go on this mission trip. And so right before we left, she was getting ready to go. She had paid all her money. And one of the guys came up to me in the church and he says, uh, she's going, isn't she? I said, yeah, she's going. He said, but she, she don't have any money. He says, and I know I have more money than she does. And then he looks at me and he says, you, you were talking about faith, weren't you? I said, yep. He said, well, next time I'm going to have enough faith to get on that plane and wherever you're going. And mission trips, they're all about faith. Some of you are saying, well, I really want to go. Here's my question. Got a passport? You can't even go to Mexico without a passport. So you cannot be serious about going on a mission trip without a passport. And so I'm just, I'm in, excuse me one second. Go ahead, bro. You know, business is business. I mean, you know, get your passport, pray, believe God, and you, you'll be surprised at where you might be. Listen, I, I need to show you. These are my grandbabies. You know, I'd be a poor grandfather if I didn't show you some pictures. These, these are our grandchildren. These are our 13 grandchildren. The one with, with this sign, she just turned eight. And uh, the one on the top far right, she's 16. So we have them from 16. And the one in the diaper is... She, she's two. The other night, they were all over at the house. And one of them went walking by. And I, I, I meant to stop her because I wanted her to do something. But I have so many grandkids, I was going. And she, and she left before I could say anything. So I looked at another one and said, come here. Just, just come here. Just. And then it hit me. My grandfather had 32 grandsons, children. And every one of his, boy, his grandsons we were all named Buddy. And he would say, come here, Buddy. And you just keep doing what you were doing. And pretty soon he would come up and he would thump you on the head. Well, you thump me. You heard me call you buddy. I'm not buddy. Buddy's over there, you know. And now I understand. But uh, we're blessed. And, and God has enriched our lives. I mean, grand, literally, all of you that are grandparents, you know, it's really God's way of getting even with the kids. It really is. I, I used to pray that my kids, with all three of them, when they got married, that they would have one child that was just like them. Just, just one. And one day, my son, he was, he was in high school, and he says, Well, Dad, why do you wish that on me? 
And I looked at him. I said, you don't even know what you just said. You have no idea. And so now they all have children and four, four, and five. And um, they all at least have one. That's like them. And I love, I love watching the dynamics. I really, I really do. I just love watching the dynamics. But we're, we're blessed. I'm glad my wife is here with me. Last Sunday this time, I was on the last leg of a 17-hour flight. And so I'm just, I'm just, I'm glad to be here with you. But I want to talk to you about faith. Faith. What is, what is faith? You know, the Bible is filled with stories of faith. The whole Bible is, is, is a book of faith. Moses had to exercise faith in order for the children of Israel to walk across the Red Sea or the Sea of Reeds on dry ground. Daniel in the lion's den. How about his three friends in the fiery furnace? All of it required faith. In fact, Hebrews chapter 11 on occasion is referred to as the chapter or the hall of faith. You find these words in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, he obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. That'd be like God telling you to get on, uh, you know, 680 or 580 and just start driving east. Where are we going? I'll tell you when we get there. There's not a person in this room that would do that. You, and, every, and the rest of us would check your, your sanity if you did try to do it. But Abraham, God said, just start traveling. And when you get to where I want you to go, I'll let you know. By faith, it says, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, he blessed each of Joseph's sons and worship as he leaned on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt. And gave instructions about his bones. By faith, Moses' parents, they hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. The older I get, the more I realize there are so many people selling their birthright for a short season of fun. And I'm telling you, if you uh, listen, if you don't think sin is fun, you used to haven't grabbed the right sin yet. But my father used to say this, while you're grabbing that sin, grab the price tag because you're going to pay it. And there are some things that are unforgivable. Well, there's, some, there's nothing that God won't forgive you of. But there are some things in this life. I had a friend one time, he, his son had contracted some crazy disease. And while he was out living a life away from God. And one day he said, you know, the Lord has forgiven my son. But that disease, it will not forgive him. It's going to kill him. And there's so many folk. It's like young and old alike. They don't understand the ripple effect. But Moses did. The Bible says Moses decided, I'm going to hang out with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin that are temporal. I have a young man in my life I was dealing with a while back. And uh, he was having some, some moral issues. And I said, you know what your problem is? He said, no, what? I said, 100 years ago, the men in your family, they weren't thinking about you. Let me tell you how I live my life for. Those folk behind me. And their kids. And their kids. See, I didn't understand this when I was a teenager. But when I turned 19 years of age and surrendered my life to Jesus, I began to realize it had nothing to do with me. It had to do with the Bible says... Listen, there's a curse that will go to like the fourth generation, but the blessing of God, it's like the ever-ready battery. It just goes on and on and on and on. And sometimes when our children were blessed, I, I used to look at them. I used to look at them, Brother Robinson. I said, you know why y'all blessed? And they said, well, no, Daddy, why are we so blessed? I said, because of me and your mama. Didn't I used to say that, Ed? That's right. I said, because of me and your mama. And I look at them and say, y'all don't know Jesus that well. Do you honestly think God's blessing you because of your relationship with him? You don't even, you can't hardly spell Jesus. You don't know him. And then I would say, if you don't think I'm right, what if your mother and I kept living the life I used to live before I met your mama? Do you think people would bless you the way that they are? And so you don't understand that there are so many other people that will be blessed if you'll just be obedient. If you'll just keep following after Jesus, pressing into Jesus with all the stuff that you're going to have to endure. Because here's the bottom line. A friend of mine said one day, he said, man, it's hard being a Christian. I said, really? I said, let me tell you what's hard. What's hard is living apart from Christ. See, when you're in the church, after you hear a while, you know who the snakes are. But when you're in the world, you never know when you're going to get bit. You got snakes coming from everywhere. My grandmama would say, everywhere what you wear. You just don't even know. 
if you will follow Jesus and press into Jesus, there are just blessings that will just be unf- I'm being blessed today because of my father and his father and my great grandmama who used to pray for me before I was even born. She was praying for me and all of my all of us. I'm, I'm going to answer the prayer. And, and let me tell you something. Those of you that are praying, you say, you know what? I don't just see. You just keep praying. Because the prayers, they don't just go off in the atmosphere and disappear. You're not responsible for answering the prayers. We are responsible for praying the prayers. And then in God's season, he'll say, okay, it's time. Time for what? Your grandmama was praying for you 10 years before you were born and 10 more years after you were born and before she died. It's time. I'm cashing in right now. And you don't even know what's going on. Even you might have parents that are not living for the Lord. But somebody yeah. may have prayed for you over here. And God's going to say when it's time to. Yeah. to, to we're talking about faith. Yeah. Moses. No, I'm not, I'm not going. I'm, no, no, I'm going to hang out with the people of God. Because what y'all doing, that's just a temporary thing. It's just a temporary. And you know what? You, the web of sin, it's just a web. I mean, I'm telling you, especially you beautiful young ladies. I hope you don't allow some to talk you in to, to living with them and giving up the goods and all you know what you know come on I got a niece that I was in Africa with recently and, and she lives there and this guy wants to marry her and, and I just start talking to him you know he, he won't get to talk to her, her parents so I'm in Africa and I ain't talking to Uncle Sam I looked at my niece and said baby you, you need to go to the bathroom or something don't you she said I do Uncle Sam I'm going to the bathroom and she came back I said you need to go again because I needed to talk to this young man. Son, what's your intentions? Uh, are you having sex with my niece? Are you sleeping with her? Are you, you, no, oh, no, man. She's got good morals. Now, listen to what he said. She's got good morals. What did he say? He said, I don't, but she do. And then I just talked to him. I said, you know, I said, let me, do- you're not going to get to meet him. I said, I'm on a mission. My wife. Her aunt, an uncle who raised her, they said, you need to talk to him because we don't have no idea who this brother is and all the rest. And I just, you know what? I ain't got nothing to lose. So I'm sitting at a table with him in Ghana, West Africa. I said, young man, the fact that I'm sitting here, you know what that says to you? What? There ain't no place in the world you can go that I can't be. <laughs> I said, I want you to know something. I got friends everywhere and all of them ain't saved. I said, I, I wasn't laughing. I said, I'm telling you, I, all my, and then, no, I, you, you don't even know what happened to my son-in-law before he married my daughter, man. You, you, I said, I want to tell you something. Now, you're getting the best we got to offer as a niece. And, and you know, you need, you, need to, you need to marry her, brother, before you start talking about this sleeping thing. Because, I'm, you know, that, you know what? No, brother, see, in America, we said, why buy the milk if you can get the cow for free? And he's looking at me. He's, he's translating this in his mind because he's milk, cow, free, you know. Let me tell you what my niece told me afterwards. She says, thank you, Uncle Sam, for talking to him. She said, because he's just been putting pressure on me. And I even looked at him and said, but I thought you saved. Are you listening to me, young ladies? Talking in tongues and all that. You know what? Come on. That don't mean nothing. The same presence. That'll get you down to emotions. That'll get you down to the altar. It'll get you in the backseat of a car. Oh, you got to, you listen. Ain't nobody escaping this thing unscathed. So you young ladies, you got to have some men around you that'll talk to a brother. And say, look, do this. Do it again. You like doing that? Don't put your hands on that girl. We're just talking about faith. In fact, I even told my son-in-law, and he's, listen, I didn't know, you know, when you get married, you say, well, you got to have a son-in-law, you got to have another son. I didn't know who he was. I knew his name, but you don't know, you don't know how our son-in-law going to turn out. You don't know that. So I just thought I need to talk to him for, before he said I do to my little girl. And I just told him, I said, son, if you ever put your hands on my daughter, that hand you hit her with, we're going to donate it to science. I said, because as a parent, you don't know what to do with it. I ain't never hit her. I ain't never hit her mama. God help you if you ever hit my little girl. Don't, don't know God. And then I started talking in tongues. But he is a fine. I mean, I'm telling you, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't have wrote a script and asked for a finer son-in-law. He is just, and I, and I love him. He knows I, I love him. And, and uh, we talk. He gives me a lot of wisdom. He's a fine man. He loves the Lord, and he's on his journey raising my five grandkids. And I had to tell my daughter, you know, baby, baby, quit reading the scripture. Be, be fruitful and multiply, you know. 
We're talking about faith. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry ground. When Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the people had marched around them for seven days. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell you about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was law was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weaknesses were turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured and refused to be released so that they might gain a better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging, while still others were chained and put in prison. They were stoned, they were sawed in two, they were put to death by the sword. They went about in sheepskin and goatskin, destitute, persecuted, mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. How would you like for that to be said of you? The whole East Bay, it wasn't even worthy of your presence. You walked and had such faith in God and, and, and you had such a close relationship with Jesus that the Bay Area wasn't even worthy of you. James even says, but someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith by what I do. In other words, faith, real faith, it can't be seen. However, the best definition of faith is still found in the first verse of Hebrews chapter 11. It's behind me. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not have. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for. It's the assurance about what we do not see. Then it says this. This is what the ancients were commended for. Then in verse 6 of that chapter, it says, And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly, who with everything within them, seek him. Now, Lord, I just pray that uh, you would bless our mouth, bless our words, open the hearts of your people as we have prayed and been praying, even as we prayed for this service in Africa. We pray, Father, in Jesus' name. That they're not a person in this room would leave here today without saying, I felt and experienced the presence and the power of God. May your word become real in our lives today. For we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It was about the year 2000 and we were still pastoring a church in Venetia. And often we would get, uh, we'd invite a guest speaker like your pastor has done this morning. And, and you know, when I come here, I, I don't even feel like a guest. Anymore. I just feel like I'm at home. Sometimes I was watching uh, the musician. I said, I just want to sit on a chair and just talk. To I feel like I'm talking to the majority of you. I'm older than you. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm a whole bunch of grandbabies. And I want to pass something on to you. You have no idea how good God has been. You have no idea how good the Lord has been to me. And I want to pass stuff on. I'm beyond. I, I, you listen, I don't have to impress anybody anymore. The one man I wanted to impress in my life was my daddy. He is dead. I don't have to impress anybody else. And he wasn't impressed. He wasn't impressed at all. He just loved me. So I want to pass some information on to you. And I want to pass on the very life of Christ that's been in me since I was, I say since I made a decision at 19, my father would say since I was born because that's when he began to pray for me. So we had a guest speaker. And, um, my friend, he was from North Carolina, and, and Ed and Becky may, rem may remember him because he attended a church in North Carolina. He was African-American, his wife was white, and the church had a problem receiving him, and, and he didn't understand what was going on if we were all Christians. Now, he would feel welcome in this place today. And my friend said, well, I I'm going to buy you a ticket to go to the Bay Area. I want you to meet, go to church with a friend of mine and visit his church, and you'll find out all churches are not like this. So I go to the airport, San Francisco, on a Friday. I pick him up. We get in our car, we're driving back to Venetia, and I just happen to ask a very logical question. When you going back home? I don't know this man. I'm just meeting this man. When you going back home? Well, I'm leaving next Friday. I mean, Friday. That's a week. I don't know this man. I got to spend a week with a total stranger. I got to rearrange my schedule, and now I need prayer for the thoughts I'm having toward my friend in North Carolina. <laughs> He started asking me, don't ever let someone stay in your house who has a passion for anything. If they have a passion for, for catching dogs and feeding them, and they stay in your house for a week, when they leave, you will have a passion for, for catching dogs and feeding them. 
And all he talked about was Africa and Ghana and, 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 and you know, I had just come back from, from Costa Rica with a group of my young people. Now listen to this. So I said, I ain't going. And what he didn't know was, I didn't have no concern for Africa. And I had a joke when my friends would ask me, why come you don't want to go to Africa? I said, man, because my people from Muskogee, Oklahoma, they, they, they're not from Africa. And when I finally went, they said, why are you going to Africa? I said, I'm going to go visit my wife's people. <laughs> see, it was a joke. Ha, ha, it was a joke until I went. And God got a hold of my heart. But I said this, I'm not going. But I'm going to send, there was a gentleman, and he still is at the church, named Grant. Grant, Grant. <laughs> Grant. He thought he was from Africa. You know, he, he, they, they know he'd come to church dressed in all these African attire. And he'd bring like a chief fan, you know, out of elephants. Uh, feathers, I mean, not feathers, but he had all kind of stuff. I used to look at him and say, brother, brother, you're in Venetia, baby. You ain't in, come on, man. So I told the, the, the missionary, I can't go, but Grant will go. And Grant wasn't even in church. So when Grant shows up, people said, hey, man, have a nice trip. I said, what do you mean? You're going to Africa. I'm not going to Africa. Yeah, you're going to Africa. Pastor said, you're going to Africa. I am? So I see Grant. I say, man, you want to go to Africa? He says, listen. He said, I ain't got no money. I said, did I ask you, did you have any money? I asked you, do you want to go to Africa? He said, yeah. So I'm being, now listen now, I'm being funny. Because I ain't going. So I'm going to send Grant. This is what I didn't know. When Grant was in school, he studied the continent of Africa. And there were like three or four places he prayed that God would let him go. And he studied those places intently. Do you know what one of those places was? Ghana. I'm being funny. And it's like God is saying, I'm going to let the funny man fulfill your vision and your dream that I put in your heart. So he goes. He's having an incredible time. He still goes every year. And he brings me back. I said, bring me back a video. I ain't going. Bring me back a video. That's what my wife said the first time I went to Cuba. Tell Castro hello, but bring me a video. I ain't going. So he brings me a video, and I put it on top of the TV. I ain't even planning to watch the video. I'm not going to Africa. I ain't going. But I watched the video. And God did something. See, God will set you up. God, listen, I used to work out in my home in Benicia. I'd be riding my bike, and I was watching all these people drilling wells in, in Africa and all the rest. And I'm riding my bike, and this is what I'm saying. How come, how come, how come all the, only the white people raising money to put wells in village? Man, I'm working out next day. Man, look, there's another guy, white guy. And you got this white lady raising money for kids over. And all the people raising money are white. And the people that they're ministering to are people of color. And whether, whether it be in, you know, a Latin country. I, man, and, and God was setting me up. Amen. And one day I'm working out and I got this thing going through my head again. Man, how come only, you know, how come ain't nobody black doing this? Man, blah, blah, blah. And it was like the spirit of the Lord said, you know, you black. <laughs> And I said, no, 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 no. So you, oh, I see. Now we're talking about shades of black, now, huh, Sam? Oh, I see. You ain't black enough. I see what's going. On. No, 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 God. You, no, no. See you. Yeah, I just, just like Moses. I just started stuttering. No, 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 no. But I went, and God touched my heart, and I wanted to tell these folks about Jesus. We stayed at a compound. We had good beds. We had, you know, good food, good cold showers. But it was okay. I wasn't gonna be there forever. I done done time before, so I, you know, it's, it's all right. I, I, you know, I can do this. I can do this. We went to his hotel, and it was called the Paradise. A few years later, my wife came with me, and we pulled up, we pulled up in the courtyard of the, of the, of the Paradise Hotel, and she kind of looked at me and says, now, where's the Paradise? And we went out to, this, to the bush. I'm raised in California. I know what the country is. I raised pigs, chickens, and, you know, shot jackrabbits. You know, I went hunting. But the bush? From the country? No, no, there's no comparison. But I didn't know this. So he says, before we get to the village, I want to stop at this dam and this lake where the people get their water from, their bathing water, their washing, everything. I want you to see. So in my mind, first day in Ghana, is what's going through my mind. I see Africans fly fishing. Riding jet skis, got ski boats. He said, a, a dam and a lake. And, and this picture, this is, this is where he, he stops. So I'm looking at this, and I'm going, <laughs> I look at my friend, I said, man, this ain't no dam. 
and it sure ain't no lake. He goes, no, it is. This, this is the dam. This is the lake. And I said, you ain't going to tell me nobody drink this. He said, I said, no, 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 there ain't no way. No, no. He's saying yes, and I'm saying no. And a little girl walks up. She grabbed that calabash in my hand. She just looks at me. She, she probably spoke twee. She didn't understand what I was saying. And she just dips it in, and, and she starts drinking. And I started crying. Because what I'm thinking about them 13 grandbabies I got back home. I didn't have 13 at the time. And I'm thinking, I don't believe this. Because, see, this is what I instinctively started doing. Because when I see it at home on TV, I, I just I go to the Western Channel. You know, I don't have to watch this. So, so I'm sitting at this website. I mean, at this water hole. This girl's drinking the water. I'm going, I know there's another channel around here somewhere. This guy, But there isn't. And we get to the village. It's a Muslim village. And I want to tell them about Jesus. And this next picture, there's, a little, there's another little girl, a little kid. And you, you can barely see there's an orange thing in her left hand. She's, she's filling it with water to carry it. This is the drinking water. She's going to take it back, and you can see there's a sore in her head where she has ringworms. And, and I don't know, but God is messing me up. You know, I put over 30 wells in, in Africa now with my friends and, and colleagues and all the rest. But, but this one well, I, had, I came home. After I, I go, I went to this village, and we're sitting around the village. It's a Muslim village. I want to tell them about Jesus. And a little voice says, you know, even Jesus wouldn't tell a thirsty man about his daddy until at least giving him something to drink. Ooh, that's right. So now I ain't got nothing to say. <laughs> I done traveled half around the world. I'm sitting in the village listening to him tell stories. But I'm, me- I'm messed up. So we get ready to leave. We are thirsty. We got bags of water. And these kids are running behind us in the dust and all the rest. And the people that were with me, they went to grab the water bags. I said, I wish to God one of you would pull up a bag of water right now. Do not drink any water until those kids cannot see us anymore. And we are thirsty. Yeah, but they thirsty. So I left and came home, and we raised up some money to put a a, a well in one village for one little girl to get her out of my head. I just, I just needed to get her out of my head. And in fact, let me share something with you. I was so moved, I come home and told my wife. Now, I told you I'm raised in the country, so I, I didn't have a lot of money. My daddy was raising six kids, and so we never had a savings account. We, we didn't have all that kind of stuff. We was trying to live from week to week. So I get married to my bride, and we, we don't have a lot of money. And she looks at me one day and says, I think the Lord wants us to buy a well. I'm the pastor of the church. I looked at her. I said, a whole well? <laughs> I said, I cleaned out my little savings account. She said, well, you, you, you said the little girl was thirsty. She had, yeah, 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 yeah. I understand. I, I, I know what I said. You got to tell me what I said. I know what I said. She's, and then she always will say something like this. Well, almighty man of God, you just pray. I don't want to pray about it. I'll tell me about praying about it. I, I'm not, not going to do that. And when she says that, she's done. She says, a lot of you women haven't learned yet. You can't, you can't change our minds. Right. No, you can't do it. Some of y'all still think you can, you can talk us into changing our minds. You don't understand. We got two channels. One says, listen. The other one says, I ain't listening. And you be talking. We be sitting there like this. Uh-huh. Yeah, we ain't hearing a word you saying. We, we thinking about the ball game. Thinking about our job. We just sit there and just be smiling. And then you have the nerve to ask a dumb question. Are you listening? <laughs> no, we ain't listening. But we ain't going to say that. Oh, yeah, baby, I'm listening. Okay, you just keep right on. No, no, no. So she said, I'm, she said, she just started praying for me. And I'm raising money at the church. I remember one time I got up, and I'm, I'm raising money for wells, because I need to get this little girl out of my head. I don't care how I do it. I got unsaved business people giving me money. I got to get this girl out of my head. And I stood up one Sunday, and I'm saying, God is saying, we all got to give, we all got to participate. And then I said, and that money, you <laughs> You have hidden in a jar in your closet. God says, bring it. And uh, um, he, had the, he had the heart attack. Maze. Maze. He comes up to me and he goes, after church, how'd you know I had that money in the closet? And when you're on a roll, you ain't got to explain. I said, it don't matter how I know. You just better be obedient, bro. matter how I know. And I was just throwing it out there. You know, I was just throwing it out there. And he caught it. But when the morning came to raise the money, I'm getting ready to go to church. It's a big Sunday. We're going to all give. And my wife looks at me and says, well, baby, what about our check? What check? <laughs> what you talking about? I, I, I told you, I think God really wants. Oh, man. Okay, write the check. She writes the check. And I go to, <laughs> I, get, 
I get to church, and uh, I'm praying, and we're going to see the offering. This is for the whale in Ghana, for that little girl I've been telling you about. And I had pictures and everything else, and I prayed, and, and then we received the offering. So the usher came to get my check. And, when, and I had my hand in my check. When he went to take it, I just held on to it. <laughs> I never get that much money to, <laughs> to nobody. <laughs> and I'm holding on to that check. Just like, and, 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 and he's looking at me, and I'm looking at the usher, and finally I let it go, and I'm crying. He thinks it's the Spirit of God. It ain't got nothing to do with God. If God loves a cheerful giver, he hated me that Sunday. Because I was not happy about giving God all that money. And my wife just smiled. Well, a few, few months later, we, we sold some property. I got more money than I've ever seen in all my life. I looked at my wife, and I said, aren't you glad I gave that money to God? Oh, yes, oh, mighty one, oh, mighty one. <laughs> On one of my trips, I'm sitting under a shade tree with a missionary, Steve Edwards of Global Passion. He says, look over here. And I turn and I look. In this next picture, I see this boy. He got a bucket in his arm. Now watch this. Somebody told this little boy that they were drilling a well in his village and he's wearing fresh water. He shows up with a bucket. Oh, you don't understand what faith is. And I'm sitting there looking at that little boy. I look at my camera. I look back. He was gone. But this is what came, went through my mind. Now, faith is the confidence in what we hope for. The assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. Now, faith is the confidence, it's the firm belief, it's the trust, it's the reliance, it's certain of something. I don't see this, but I'm certain it's going to happen. It's in what we hope for. Hope is a desire accompanied by expectations for the assurance or the guarantee about what we do not see. And this is what the ancients were praised for. So a little boy shows up and he got, you you see he got a cloth? He thinks it's going to be a full bucket of water to protect his arm. And he's just sitting there looking around like, well, I rest y'all ain't got no bucket. See this little boy sitting down looking at him? What do you think going through his mind? He said, well, what you gonna do with that bucket? He, you can, he's always those. In church today, there's somebody sitting there just like him. I don't know what the world I'm doing here. I'm just trying to put in my time and go home. But let me show you what he's looking at. Get to that next one. This little boy with the bucket is looking at this. Ain't a drop of water anywhere. But he got faith. He got faith. See, he got the kind of faith that says, I know my kids are acting crazy, but I got faith. I know the doctor said this, but I got faith. I know my job, they're saying this, but I got faith. I know they say my baby going to be deformed. I know what the x-rays say. I'm not denying any of that. But I got faith in the unseen God. How many of you can have that kind of faith in the, in the midst of a, in the midst of your trial, you going through a dust storm. See, we see, I'm sitting under the tree. I'm looking at the same picture he's looking at. Listen to me now. But we see two different things. I see dust. He sees water. I don't see any hope. He sees hope. I have no faith because when I see the water, I'm going to have some faith, but I don't have any faith yet. But that little boy shows up. With faith. Amen. The next day we leave. When we leave the village, we go to town. Get to a hotel, and they said we we don't have any rooms. This is my wife's favorite hotel in Ghana. And I said, well, we go try another place. My friend said, let's go try another place. And before he started up the car, my wife likes the, the golden tulip. She says, don't go to Africa with my husband. He'll sleep anywhere. He'll eat anything. <laughs> but when she go, it's a totally different agenda. You know, my, my wife said, look, I don't, I, don't, I don't camp in America. I sure ain't going nowhere else to camp. You know. She said, but I'm the first one to sign up when you do missions work at Buckingham Palace. Sign me up. I'm ready to go. So I'm sitting in the car. We're getting ready to leave. They have no hotel rooms. And that little boy with the bucket, I see him in my mind. And I ask myself this question. Don't you ever forget that little boy. What would he do? I get out the car, I walk in the hotel, I put my wallet on the counter with my gold, with my American Express card. I said, ma'am, I, I know you got a room here for me and friends. She looks again, she goes, oh, I really do. 
So we don't talk in faith. That's all we're talking here. So the next picture is the mud dripping, first sign that we're getting close to water. And then the next one is the fresh. You, you, listen, you don't know what joy is that, That's right. than to be in a village. Mm-hmm. See, they had a big lake close to this village. But let me tell you what's wrong with the lake. There was a company upstream that dumped something in the water. And when they drunk the water long enough, it caused you to go blind. But I got a question for you. You thirsty today, you could go blind tomorrow. What you going to do when you're looking at this lake? So these kids are drinking, playing in it, and everything else. So when the water starts coming up, I'm just sitting on the log just going, man, God, ain't a sermon I could preach that could produce this kind of joy that I'm experiencing right now in this moment. See, faith makes you believe in the impossible. They had been promised by the government that they, they, they had been displaced from this place to this place, and the government had promised that they were going to put a well. Ronald Reagan used to say that the uh, most dangerous words in the world are, I'm from the government, and I'm here to help you. <laughs> the government had told them they were going to help them, but they hadn't built a well. Then a group from America, led by an ex-convict, arrives, and the promise is fulfilled. See, so God takes the impossible Oh, you don't hear me. He takes the impossible and he makes it possible. And now you see a completed well behind me. And then the next picture is me drinking water from one of the wells. And then I get to stand up in front of the village, that next picture. And this is what I get to tell them. They don't even know I'm a preacher. That ain't important. I said, you know, do an interpreter. I'm from America. And they've even asked me, what took you so long to get back? <laughs> it, it, listen, I have to bite my tongue sometime. I go, <laughs> yeah, I better be glad I'm here, okay? <laughs> I said, I have some friends in America. Some are white. Some are black. Some are Asian. Some are Hispanic. Some are Indian. And I just start naming all the different ethnic groups. I said, and, and they have given me this money to put this well in this village for you. I said, but they also asked me to tell you something. I know, if I'm a preacher, then they might get turned off. I said, but these friends who gave me the money to put this well in this village, they asked me to tell you something. Would y'all mind if I tell you? No, no, what did they tell you? They got us, no, no, what did they tell you to tell us? They said that there is a man named Jesus. And they said, I, I ain't, I, listen, I ain't claiming nothing. I'm just smiling, thinking, how did I get here? How I get to a place in life where I'm talking third person about Jesus. I said, and they told me to come tell you that there's a man, his name is Jesus, and, and, and he'll give you some water. See, this water right here, you're going to keep coming back. But they told me to tell you that if you surrender your life to him, that he not only will forgive you of your sins, but he'll fill you with some water. And they said to tell you, you'll never get thirsty again. And that's what I'm doing right here. And Grant, he's on there somewhere. He probably was taking the pictures. And I'm just so filled with joy because I'm looking at all these kids. They're going to have fresh water and, and they're not going to have the, the, some of the diseases and all the rest of this crazy stuff that happens as a result of unclean. See, we're talking about faith. Amen. I'm going to tell you what faith, what faith looks like. Some of y'all have been married. Some of y'all have been married again. Because somebody made a promise to you. And then they acted a fool. You find out you were saved because you didn't do something to them that you knew you wanted to do. You knew you who you knew you wanted to do because they didn't took things from you that you hadn't given up to anybody else, and then they're gonna walk out on you. That's see. And faith says there's something else up down the road. Faith says I know my kids are acting pretty stupid right now. I know that they're acting like when they wake up in the morning eat breakfast, they're eating stupid pills. <laughs> they think that I grow money on a tree in the backyard, and our house is so small, we don't even have a tree in the backyard. But faith says, God's going to turn my babies around. Hallelujah. Faith says, on my job, they're mistreating me. And they know they're mistreating me. Mm-hmm. Ain't nothing I can do. But faith says, I'm going to keep trusting God. Because if God can get water in a village by a group 
that's led by an ex-convict, ain't no telling what he can do for me. That's faith. That's faith. Faith, you don't see it until you see it. But you believe it before you see it. My great-grandmama, Mama Tenny, used to pray for all of her grandbabies and great-grandbabies and all the rest. And then she went on to be with Jesus. And then my grandfather, he picked that, that thing up. And, and then my father picked that thing up. And, and now I'm picking it up. And sometimes when I'm praying, I find myself saying, Pastor Robinson, I say, Lord, I'm just joining my prayers with my great-grandmamas and my grandfather. And now my daddy who's in heaven. I'm just joining my prayers. And I know they prayed about it. And then I just start naming off cousins and brothers and sisters and uncles and aunts. And all these prayers, it's going to catch up with them. Because, see, that's faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's evidence of things that you don't see. I stand before you this morning. Had nothing to do with my faith. It's her faith. When I married, I was 23 years old. She said, honey, you ought to go to school and get a doctorate degree. And I remember looking at her thinking, now you said you've been in church all your life. But right now you sound like you high as a kite on. Smoking some weeds, doing some cocaine, having a flashback. I said, honey, I barely got a high school diploma. She says, oh, I understand all that, but you need to go to school and get a doctorate degree. I had no faith for that. Are you listening to me? She had faith for that. When life, and listen. Because life had, had beat me down pretty bad. It was my choices. And sometimes life can beat you down. Life can beat you down to you don't, you know what? You don't even know your head from a hole in the ground. And sometimes it's because of our choices. So when life beats you down and you've losing your faith, that's where the church comes in. you got to have some people around you who has the faith that you don't have temporarily until you get to a place where you have that faith again. That's what my wife did. She kept believing God. She kept praying. I was complaining. I'm tired of school. I'm not going back again. Oh, baby, you can do it. You can do it. Just keep on going. Just keep on going. Just keep on. And I kept going because she believed in me. I'm telling you, ain't nothing worse in this life than to have nobody who believes in you. Or to have people that should believe in you always put, you ain't going to be nothing. You ain't going to be this. They name you after old uncle, whoever, and then when you turn out like him, they surprised. <laughs> you name me after him. But she believed in me. She saw things. I used to even ask her, what do you see in me? I would do like this sometimes. What did she see? <laughs> and she kept praying. And I wasn't always a nice husband. I wasn't always this person you see up here today. In fact, I was so unkind one time, she even left me for a while. I thought, well, you know what? I ain't ugly. I just... You don't want to come back? That's cool with me. <laughs> that didn't last long. <laughs> and I had to go get some help. Faith. Are you listening to me? The body of Christ, it's all about, you can't do this on your own. Because sooner or later, life going to come at you. You'll be smiling, having a great time. And the next thing you know, life will slap you, pick you up, and body slam you. And you say, what in the world happened? It, it'll, it'll steal your little faith. But if you got some folk around you and you crying your eyeballs out, I don't know why he treated me like that. I don't know how I got in this mess. I don't know how this and that. And you got people around you. When they're not doing announcements. And they praying over you. Because they got faith. You know why they got faith? Because they've been through it. That's what the church is all about. You ain't the only one. If my dad was alive and was here this morning, he would say, let me tell you why you're going through what you're going through. It's your turn. It's just your turn. And then he would laugh and say, oh, I see what the problem is here. You thought you were the only one. And then he would laugh and say, really, you ain't that special. (laughs) You're not that special to God, nor the the devil. It's just your turn. And you will make it. You will make it. Even when you don't think you'll make it. You don't have money to pay rent. You can't pay car note. Gas is so high. You, you can't do anything. But if you have some people around you, they got faith. That's what Pastor Benjamin and, and, and Pastor Suni, that's what they're all about. They're all about, you know what? If you can make it to the house of God, we'll help you make it one more week. 
to basically live for Christ is just a spiritual AA program. <laughs> We're doing one day at a time. We're trying to help each other and drag each other and kick each other until one day we hear these words. Well done. Amen. You can't make it on your own. So let me wrap this up. This ain't about a little boy's faith. It's not about his faith. Not today. It's not even about my faith. It's not about my wife's faith. It's about your faith. And every one of you have faith. You say, I don't have any faith. No, 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 no. You have faith. I'm going to prove my point. There's not a one of you that when you sat down in that chair, went like this. Let me, let me check the legs. You didn't check the legs. You just sat right on down. Why? Because chairs hold you up. See, the question is not whether or not you have faith. The question is, where is your faith? I'm just talking about chair faith this morning. I ain't talking about mountain moving faith. I'm not talking about believing God for anything. Just chair faith. That's all. Just whatever faith it took you to sit down in a chair and not worry about it collapsing. That's all I'm talking about. It's your faith. Some of you came this morning and you just bubbling over. Your bucket, listen. Your bucket is so full, you, you got a towel. You, you got to keep wiping around the air because you got water just coming up. Your faith is strong. Some of you came this morning. You, it's been a pretty rough week. You, your bucket is about half full. And then there's others you sitting out there. I know there's a drop in here somewhere. There's got to be a drop in here. Because, you, you know, it's been a bad week, been a bad month. Maybe it's been, even been a bad life. But I'm going to tell you something. All that can change. It's kind of a pun at the drop of a bucket. If you will make a decision, I'm telling you, your life will never be the same. It's not about his faith, my wife's faith, my faith, the pastor's faith. The question is, will your bucket be empty when you leave this morning? Somebody told a little boy. A little boy in an African village. They're going to drill a well. There's going to be some water. And he has the unmitigating goal to show up with a bucket. He don't have any idea how much he's convicted me and slapped me around when I think I can't make it. And I can just see him. I see him. I see two people when I see this picture. I see the boy sitting down looking up at him like, man, you done lost your mind. Don't show up at a dust. You're going to show up at a dust parade with a bucket. But then I also see that little boy with that determined look. In his faith. Because he has faith. Desire accompanied by expectations. That lead. To actions. And the Bible says. That the faith of the ancients of old. It was what? Commended. They were commended. They were praised for their faith. And every time I tell this story. What am I doing? I'm commending. His faith. So the question is. Who's going to commend your faith? Who's going to commend your faith? It's not if you have faith. It's where is your faith? You know that commercial, where's your wallet? What's in your wallet? See, my question this morning, what's in your bucket? What's in your bucket? I want to pray for you. I'm going to turn this to you. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Father, it is an incredible privilege and a joy for me to be here this morning in Living Hope Christian Center. Lord, you, you, you gave a word earlier through the pastors for his mom and his dad. But I caught every word. Oh, it wasn't just for that mom and dad, but it was for this mom and dad. I caught it, Lord. I caught it. Every time I come to this place, they don't need me to come. I need to be here. God, I sat in the pastor's office this morning, and he showed me how to sell 10,000 copies of a book that ain't even done yet. I'm inspired when I come here. I, and I look at all these young people, and, and, and I go to Dale's events when he's having all these different musicians and, and, and children are laying on the floor and I'm down laying on the floor with them and my grandbabies are praying over me. I'm inspired and encouraged and my faith is uplifted every time I come here. Oh Lord, I miss the Jesus movement. I miss that whole era. I was in another kind of a movement. But Lord, there's something else in the spirit. Oh, there's a different spirit. There's a different wind of the spirit now. 
And I ain't going to miss it. I am not going to miss it. Because of a position of title, pride, or anything, I'm not going to miss what you are doing right now in the spirit. Jesus culture. And I, I can't miss it, Lord. Oh, I'm not going to miss this. And this morning, I'm here in this place with this special group of people, with my special friend. God, I ask in Jesus' name for those that are sitting in this room right now. They didn't realize that they were coming to a place today that they were really going to be encouraged and uplifted. Some of them almost had to, literally, we were to use a picture, they had to be drugged in here by a dog. Because it's just really been that kind of a week, a month, even a life. But this morning, they've been given hope. Their faith has been stirred. Our sister led us and the group led us in worship. And our brother's song, the, 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 the song and the brother's praying. God, everything, even in the giving, everything was orchestrated to this moment. Where we get to be challenged to do something about what's in our bucket. And so maybe you're here this morning, this afternoon now. And the spirit of Jesus has been stirring you for a while. And you know, you know. My bucket is empty. But I'm not going to leave here with an empty bucket. I wonder if you have the supernatural boldness just to stand right where you're at. Just stand. I'm going to give this to your pastor in a moment. You see, my, my bucket, I need, I, listen, I, I'm so glad you came. And, and you know what? My bucket is empty. Just stay, stay standing for a moment, my sister. Just, there's some others going to join you. I want you to stand. You, you know, you well, my bucket is half full, but it's, listen, it's going out so fast. It ain't but a minute. It's going to be empty. I want you to stand. I want to pray for you. Would you stand? Just stand. I want you to stand. Oh, there's some others of you. This ain't a good time to be prideful. I want you to stand. The spirit of Jesus is in the house. We've been in the house. But it's here now for you. This is a special moment for you. That's how much he loves you. As pastor was talking to the young man over here. He has a special, he loves you enough this moment right now to speak to you anyone else come on anyone else anyone else now I want to do one other thing some of you you got faith coming out your ears your bucket is running over I want you to go to some of these folks that are standing and just begin to pray come on come on let's move around come on you know these folks I don't even know them you know who they are come on you know some of the things don't let anybody be standing alone come on there's a in my back on the left come on y'all look around those of you come on look around they're, they're, listen, they're crazy enough to stand. Pray with them. Won't you stand? Come on. Come on. Some sisters right here. Come on. I'm going to give this to Pastor Benjamin or Pastor Sonny. Come on. Let's just begin to pray. Come on. Begin to pray. Come on. Lift your voice. Come on. Come on. Come on. Bind that thing. Ask God to give them the faith that they need to persevere. Come on. Lift them up. Lift them up as if it's you the one that's standing in need of prayer. Come on, lift them up. Call on him on behalf of them. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I want to ask this. If there's anybody here, you said, I need healing, Pastor. I need healing. You know, you saw on Easter Sunday the video of my brother sharing how the doctors told him he had prostate cancer and how God just healed him. But you know what? You don't know the other half of the story was my bucket of faith. My brother, he was discouraged. We haven't even seen him at church for months. And when I heard that my brother had prostate cancer, my heart just dropped from here to the floor. And he had asked, don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. I don't want people to worry. You know what I did? I called my sisters. You know what we did? We fasted and prayed for him. For weeks. And then, a few months ago, two months ago, during our all-night prayer, you know what? Right here. I sat right here. And I cried out to God. I said, God, you must. I will not accept anything else but healing for my brother i prayed and prayed and i cried out to god and in that moment i sensed the presence of an angel i said god who why'd you send this angel and god said he's an angel of breakthrough 
wow, you, you have sent us an angel, a breakthrough. God, what breakthrough? What breakthrough? And he told me personally, he said, healing, Sonny. And I just knew then that God was healing my brother. And that Sunday, that Sunday, two days later, my brother came. He came forward at the altar for healing. And a few days later, that's when he found out. When doctors called him and said, we're confused. There's no sign of cancer. You see, for me, that's my story of my bucket for my family. But the reality is, every one of you, you're my family. And I stand here with my bucket of faith. And you look around, your, your brother, your sister standing next to you. That's your brother. That's your sister. And we have a bucket of faith to, overf- to allow it to overflow, to touch your life. I want you to raise your hand. I need healing in my body. Look around, guys. Can you believe? Can we believe for healing? Can we believe for healing? I want you to go around these hands one more time. Those of you, you do not need healing. We need some people here with Pastor Sam. Come on, some surround these hands right now. And I want you to pour your bucket of faith upon your brother. Just the way I cried out for healing for my brother. I want you to believe for healing for your sister, for your brother right now. So rest of you, I'm releasing all of you. Come on, turn around. Come on, pray for one another. Jesus, Father, we declare healing right now in Jesus' name. <laughs> As your brothers and sisters are praying for you, I want you to try to do the things that you couldn't do before. You know, faith is being sure of. Being sure of. I want you to store up that faith. And I want you to move your back, move your legs, whatever it is. I want you to do what you couldn't do once before. Come on, I want you to be able to possess it today. Amen. Father, in the precious name of Jesus, we release healing. Father, you have given us the anointing, God, to receive healing. Jesus, when you, God, when you were crucified, not only did you bear our sin, but our sickness also. So, Father, this morning, we lift up our hands, we lift up our faith, and we believe for healing upon our bodies and our minds in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. Receive healing in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I believe God's done something here. I want to know, does anybody here feel the healing power of God come into your body? Anybody here, you feel like you were healed of something? Whatever it is, just lift your hand. You say... I I feel better. God has touched me. God's healed me. Yeah. What did you get healed of over here? What did did you get healed of? What did God heal you of right now? You had pain in your shoulders and in your joints. Joint pain. Pain in your chest as well. Awesome. It's completely gone. Come on, give God the glory. Who else? Somebody over here was healed. Yeah. What did you get healed of? Gout in your big toe. You couldn't even stand up. You had pain when you stood up. And now the pain is completely gone from that big toe. God healed. God healed. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Somebody else. One more. Somebody. There was somebody over here. There was another hand over here. 
Yeah. What did you get healed of, Mer- Merlin? Sciatica. Going all the way down your leg. Sciatica. And that's gone. It's completely gone. Come on. Come on. Give glory to Jesus right now. Jesus is the healer. Jesus is the healer. We worship you, Lord. Come on. Just for 10 more seconds. Just for 10 more seconds. Give him all the glory. Lord, we give you all of the glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. That's what I'm talking about. Bringing a bucket. You say, if if I'm praying for healing, I'm going to bring a bucket. Because I believe that if we pray and ask God to heal us, God's going to heal us. I just believe that. I bring my bucket. Amen? From now on, bring a bucket to church. You're going to go home with something. You're not going home empty-handed. Amen. Amen.